0: Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Sunny Point podcast in our investing series. I'm Sunny Goklani. Have you ever thought about some very basic questions in your life? For example, at which age will I become a millionaire if I keep doing what I'm doing? Or what will I be worth when I die? What net worth will I leave behind and how much disposable income will I have? These are the questions that I'm trying to answer in this episode by a simple financial model that I created in an Excel sheet. It's called the million dollar spreadsheet Um, because it has a lot to do with me explaining the sheet. I also did a YouTube video explaining how the sheet works, how it is formed. So definitely, if you want a little bit more detailed um, kind of demo of how the sheet works, definitely feel free to go to YouTube and in the search bar type the million dollar spreadsheet. It tells you everything about it, how it works. This episode will be myself covering the spreadsheet in a very little bit of detail. uh, The summary level um, information about how it works. And then I'll go into the uh, details about five things which I found out in this exercise. uh, Just as you'll find out different things when you do it for yourself. That those are the five things that have a lot more impact than... One might think on where you end up being in your life in terms of your net worth and in terms of being a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever or whichever level you aspire to be at. So, listen along. So, in this segment, I'll very quickly walk through what the sheet is about, what the model is about, and then Definitely, you can request me a copy of the model, and then I'll forward it to you. And the rest of the episode will be much more fun if you walk along and see for yourself the results as I speak. But let me cover what this model will ask you for, the basic details, and what all it would generate for you. So, basically, it only asks you for four things. It asks you your current age, um, and then it would, by itself, plot to 79 years, which is the average expectancy of life in US and 200 years on the other extreme. The second thing it would ask you is a projection of your gross income over time. So um, I know there exist financial calculators and compounded uh, interest calculators on the web, which are recommended and some are actually really good. But the benefit of this model, the Excel model is that it's totally in your control to um, change every single detail as much as you want change the input variables and see their impact on the outcome and also understand what is going on and not just the final result so for example on the gross income you can do your projection by year you can actually tell them how tell the model how much you think you would make in different years Um, and that is a very important input because i don't think Nobody generates like a steady income forever and whole life. So depending on whatever professional career path you are on, uh, you could assume the averages of what you would generate and put that. The third thing that the model would ask you is how much your savings rate assumption is. So what is a savings rate? Uh, This is a very good topic and which not a lot of awareness exists on. And I'm actually thinking about doing a different podcast episode on that. But for this episode, let's just say, for example, if you generate $100,000 a year income and after every expenses that you have to do, you end up investing $25,000. So 25% is your investment uh, savings rate. So you again, I know your savings rate would deviate throughout your lifetime based on your different circumstances you go through but this is an assumption of what you think your expenditure profile looks like and how much you think you would be ending up saving. So you can look at your past records in general, on average, how much have you been saving um, as a percentage of how much you've been making. And this is what is the third input that would be required. And then the fourth input required is the rate of return expected, again, Nobody can actually assume what rate of return you'd be generating in the next year, leave alone the rest of your life, right? Um, But this is an assumption, depending on your risk profile, depending on what you've been generating in the past years, or depending on what you're comfortable getting, or this is just a helpful way of getting you um, a picture of how much you'd be worth if you generate different types of rate of returns per year, so... That is an assumption that it asks you. These are the only things that it basically asks you. Your age, how much you think your projection of gross income would be, what is your spend profile, so what is an average savings rate you would assume in your lifestyle, and how much rate of return do you expect to generate. Those are the only things the model asks you. What the model gives you is a ton of things, uh, two basic matrices and then matrix, and then a lot of charts and graphs telling you about your financial future. One thing it tells you is called the millionaire year. So, for example, this one case that we've been using in this example, uh, a person, this this person generates some profile, saves 25%, and their rate of return expected is 4%. That is the basic case we'll be using in this example as we go through this episode. So, for that person, for example, the first metric was generated, the millionaire year was 47, means that this person will be a millionaire at the age of 47. So, as soon as you enter your those four variables, it will tell you, Which year will you become a millionaire? Uh, The second thing it would tell you is how much your net worth would be at 879 and when you die uh, at the other extreme of 100. So basically telling you how much you you would be worth at an average age um, expectancy and how much you would be worth at life um, expectancy of, let's say, extreme of 100 and then it would tell you a lot of um, bunch of mm, graphs which would compare how much returns you would generate versus the savings you'd put in and stuff like that that will walk through. But in very brief summary, this is what the model is about. takes those four very basic in, uh, variables in and tells you your millionaire year, your net worth at the end of expected life and a bunch of projections. I will get into. Thank you. and now we'll get into the different aspects and observations. So the first observation I have to make about this is when you look at this model and the inputs that are already in, in for the sample case that I've put in, the first observation is how much we underappreciate the exponential curves of the projections in our net worth, and especially the compounding effect that we see. And so, for example, if you if you look at I've generated one graph which just plots simply your gross income over your lifetime, right? So, in this example case, um, the person in, is earning fifty thousand dollars as the age goes. They keep, get promoted or change jobs. They're, um, they earn as much as one hundred and fifty thousand dollars when they're in their fifties, and then after that, um, they take jobs they can get. They retire. And barely make anything. So if you look at that graph, it's a pretty sad life. It's a pretty sad picture of a life where, if you end up living hundred years, you would reach your peak about halfway, and then you'll keep declining after that. In that scenario, you would think that the rest of the life would really be, um, not a happy time. You know, like that's not a graph that inspires me, and makes me happy about the later part of my life. But that is what we really think about life. We don't really think in terms of how much our net worth would be compounding at, at the later years of our life. So when I look at the net uh, the exponential na- nature of the charts, if you look at this chart which shows gross income versus increase in net worth per year, you realize that by the year 50, by the year 50 the amount by which your net worth is growing per year becomes more than your gross income right? In this case, at least. So, by the year 50, the net worth is growing faster than the money you're making in a year, and it only grows exponentially from there. If you extend that graph to year 100, you'll see that what you make is basically worth almost nothing in your whole lifetime of how much you'd be worth by the time you die. I mean, of course, this uh, takes into account the assumption of you saving a lot, and that returns... Uh, that generating a lot of return but basically by the year hundred whatever you're worth you'd be barely investing 12 percent of your net worth and 88 percent of it would be returns if you look at this exponential nature of the chart you'll be able to tell pretty clearly what you make is almost insignificant to how much you would be worth but again that is not discounting how much you would be making because that's our second point of observation but Let's just stick with this and look at that exponential nature. And I want to pick, um, paint a picture about how you read that compounding picture. And that should make you a little happier about your life, given that you do the rest of the observations that we're going to talk about the right way. Your later half would be your better years. For example, in this case, in their year 100, this person in their year 100, has in between when they were 99 years old and 100 years old they generated $450,000 worth of net worth, right? So their net worth went up by $450,000 in that 100th year. Now, this person, at the peak of their life, they generated $150,000 a year income at their 50s. And this person is generating an income of 450000 through their returns and their net worth. Now, this is often discounted. When we look at our lives, we look at it in our, our picture in terms of the graph that follows our gross income. But this nature of compounding that is visible in the graphs and charts, once you look at it for your life, you will be a little happier. Again, it is contingent about you following the rest of the four things that come in the chapter in this in this episode but this just stood out to me in terms of how we should look at life and the exponential nature should give you hope that as far as the other observations are taken care of your life actually starts giving you compounding returns as you go okay that is a very good tangential point to get into the second episode uh, observation right now So the second observation we're gonna make is about the savings rate. Again, it was obvious when you were putting in that that would have a really big impact, but if you look at, I've also generated like, what if analysis tables in this model and different tab. If you look at how much change it has, how much impact it has on your, how much you would be worth, it could blow your mind. Uh, uh, So I've generated this out where you'd see, so this, in this case, for example, right? We had taken the basic assumptions and of a savings rate of twenty five percent and this person was worth uh eleven point seven million dollars at the end of their life. If we just if we doubled it, right, again, difficult if you live in let's say a tri state area or anywhere where the cost of living is high, but still, if this person did nothing else different, had the same jobs, got the same rate of return, they barely did anything else different other than living in their means, underspending what they did, and saved up fifty percent um they would become a millionaire in thirty three years instead of sorry, thirty nine years instead of forty seven and they would be worth twenty-three point five million dollars instead of eleven point seven. That is how much impact it had. But on the other end, inst- we're talking about an assumptions of twenty five percent and fifty percent. Do you know how much the average savings rate of US is? It's it's really unfortunate that the, the average savings rate right now is 2.7%. What if we change this model, keeping everything else the same, but savings rate of 2.7%? The person would barely be worth $1.27 million at the end of 100 years' lifespan. Life so between that 2.3% and the aspirational 50%, you see how the, uh, the net worth uh, spans between $1.26 million and twenty almost $23.7 million. And while we are talking about the sensitivity of uh, savings rate on your net worth, which is very obvious uh, in terms of impact on your millionaire year and net worth, um, it is also one thing to be keep kept in mind is which, When I thought about it, it really stuck with my thought process. And that's the reason why I'm saying this is that this model basically takes off off your cumulative savings and keeps applying period-generated returns. And that's how it keeps compounding, right? The model actually doesn't care about how much you make. It is based out of investable savings, which is a product of gross income and savings rate, right? It just takes out of investable savings, not the gross income. So the model really doesn't care if you make a hundred thousand dollars and you spend eighty thousand, save twenty thousand and invest twenty thousand, versus a second scenario where someone could make a million dollars. Live a really lavish lifestyle, have a lot of fixed costs, spend nine eighty thousand dollars, save twenty and put twenty. Both people, person A and person B, person A generating hundred and saving twenty, person B, a millionaire spending earning a million dollars a year and still saving twenty, both would have an investable savings of twenty thousand dollars. And the model will project them equally, they both will be will be worth the same amount at the end of the period. Again, I understand that they both are living very different lifestyles and person B is enjoying a lot more perks while he's living, but it just stood out to me on how the model is oblivious to how much you make and how the little guy has a lot of more leverage to be controlling where he can be financially in his life than you might imagine or you might think of just by adjusting their savings rate. So the difference is that person A, who was earning hundred thousand, has a savings rate of twenty percent, versus the person B, who was earning a million dollars, um, their savings rate was twenty thousand divided by a million. That was the difference. So, just highlighting how important savings rate is, and also, if you're a little guy, by watching your spending patterns, by living under your means, by increasing your savings rate you could as well be worth as what a different person could be with a different lifestyle. That just turned out to me very much. And I guess this is a good leeway into our third observation. So the observation number three is centered around the rate of return. Again, once again, it's pretty obvious that rate of return would have a lot of impact on what you'd be worth at the end of your life. But again, the compounding effect would show you exactly how much worth it is. And this will force you as in to think about what you're investing in because the asset classes that you're investing in has have certain expectations, at least from the historical rate about how much rate of return it would generate. Now, this is helpful to understand whatever you're investing in. Does that have a chance? Does it have a fair shot at landing you where you want to be, right? So in this example case, what we're taking is a 4% rate of return for this person. They will be millionaire at the age of 47 and they'll be worth about $11.7 million. In this scenario, we can generate a different um, net worth. What they'll be worth with different rates of returns, right? Let's take some examples. If they, for example, only did stocks and they were a really bad trader, um, let's say they lost 5% every year, they would barely be worth $150,000. That's it, $150,000 by the end of their lifespan of 100 years, 0.15 million. And of course, they will never see the million dollar mark in their lives. If they did nothing, if they let it stay, again, we're not taking effect um, inflation here, but you could as well discount it and apply it. If they did nothing with their money, they they let it stay there um, in their account with 0% interest, they'd be worth $1.4 million, which is basically the sum of whatever they, uh, their investable savings was, right? Their savings did not generate any returns. Let's say they bought... Um, a T-bill or a 20-year, 30-year note or bond, let's say they generated 2% a year. Now their uh, net worth goes from 1.4 million to 3.9 million. So that is the difference between doing nothing and investing in a T-bill or a bond or twenty, year note. Um, let's say they put it in an index fund, um, something like an S&P 500 index fund, which has on, on average generated 8 to 10% returns. Over like last 80 years or so, so let's just see how much this person would be worth instead of T bills or bonds if they invested in an S and P index fund, right? Looking back, at least if we generate that return, instead of 3.9 million, they'd be worth hold for this, all for this one, they'd be worth 212 million dollars. Yes, two hundred and twelve million dollars instead of three point nine million dollars. So, again, you might be risk covers. You might be investing in bonds, but if you're not happy looking at yourself being a millionaire in fifties or looking yourself ending up at four million dollars, you think you're risk covers. But I think you'd go more towards stocks, right? So this helps you understand that. If we just for fun apply a twenty percent rate of return which is what Warren Buffett has a track record of generating in his whole investing career. What would that be worth? (laughs) Again, this is very difficult. 20% rate of return till you die in your whole investing life. But just for the sake of it, you'd be worth $164 billion with a B. Yes. you could be worth that much um it's it's almost impossible to save 25% and generate 20% year after year after year return but this just tells you the the very extremes of it and this just blows my mind <laughs> and um it's Just important to understand how much different the scenarios can be. You might might never be uh, investing at a minus 5% return. You might not be worth $163 billion. But most cases, you'd end somewhere in between. But it's helpful to understand whatever asset class you're investing in. Just try this model out once. Let's see where it would take you. And that would really clear the picture of... How much risk you should take, and you think you should be okay with, versus how much rate of uh, return would take you where, and is that somewhere where you want to be comfortable in life? Again, it, it totally depends on your risk profile and how much your comfort level is with, because obviously higher risk uh, rates of return come with higher risks. But I think this is a really good exercise of telling where you would want to be and how much risk and return you would be willing to take in your life and where you want to be and where it will get you. But again, to be worth $163 billion in this case or whatever in the good numbers we're talking about, 11 million, 23 million, right? All those sound like really big numbers. To be worth all of that, a really big uh, thing that we've not talked about yet, which was our, actually our next observation is, that this person lived till 79 years or lived till 100 years. Do we live that much? Will we live that much? We projected our incomes, we projected our savings, we projected our rate of return, but will we live that much? Uh, that is a very important question which gets into our next observation. So welcome to the observation number four and which we've already talked about a bit is. All these big numbers that we are throwing around like $11 million, $23 million, $163 billion, all of these definitely take into account what we'll earn and save and return what we might earn. But one thing we should not discount is that this net worth model takes into account an investable life of 78 years, right? At least this case the person in this example starts investing when they're 22 and they live up till 100, up till 100 at the extreme, right? And it's often very discounted of how the later years are much, much, much more worth due to compounding effect than the earlier years. Uh, in the same sheet, I've added an example chart of Warren Buffett's net worth, right? Warren Buffett became... A millionaire when he was 30, 31 years old, right? Now, in our model, which is a very standard medium industry average-paying job, if they save 25% and generate return of 20%, which also Warren Buffett did, they would also be a million-dollar uh, worth in 31, the same age as Warren Buffett was worth. If you look at Warren Buffett's chart of how much he was worth. At 58 years old, he was worth about a couple billion dollars. And that chart just takes off, just explodes in his 70s and 80s. And from 58, when he was worth a couple billion dollars, when he was 83, he's worth 58 billion dollars. And now, as of today, he's, worth, he's 87 years old and he's worth about 84 billion dollars. See how the amounts are adding up. If you look at that chart, it's basically a dead chart till he's mid-50s. And then it's like every step is three, four times, five times higher than the next one, than the previous one. And this is something that we really ignore. That how much you live, how long you live is a really big impact. Is a really has a really big impact on how much you'd be worth for example god forbid let's say something happened to Warren Buffett if he was in his mid 50s he would he would have died being worth a couple billion dollars which is not a small amount but that would take him nowhere close to the this top 5 richest list where he is now what he did was, amongst other things, amongst other things, other than making very well and good choices, and whatever he did was, he did manage to live this long. And I'm not saying that just because you might live till 87, you would be worth $84 billion, but you would have a really good shot at it. And often you see people making excuses about, for example, not worth working out or not having a good diet or taking care of themselves because because they're too busy at work, I I would say, look at this thing. Look at this chart. Look at this model. Um, One of the basic ingredients that you would have to be having if you're that rich is a really, really, really long investable career. Warren Buffett bought his first stock when he was 13. He's 87 now. He's had an investable career of 74 years. Um, And the model that we're talking about in this example has an investable carrier of 78 years. Your investing carrier has to be long enough for that much compounding effect to kick in. And it would only kick in in your very last years the most. So start as early as you can. Start as early as you can to invest whatever you can because your earlier dollars would be worth a lot more later compounding. And within whatever pressures you're going through in generating more gross income or more rate of return just make sure that you're taking care of your health this is a very very underscored piece of information in your investing career you never think whenever you think about making a million dollars or mark or making more net worth than others you think about generating more gross income which as we found out this model is, is a myth your gross income doesn't matter it matters using savings rate plus 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 even bigger factor than that is how long you live. Because as I said, if Buffett died in his 50s, he'd be worth a couple billion dollars. Now he's worth an 84 billion dollars. It's the compounding effect that kicks in at the very last years. It it makes you just be amazed at this and want you, it should want you to go back to the drawing board and reprioritizing what you got. And make sure that you invest early, start early and also Um, invest in your health and stay healthy and really live a very long life. And the last observation is about talking about all those billions, um, is about being a billionaire rather than a millionaire. And we'll hop into that right now. So the last observation talking about all those billions is what if you actually want to become a billionaire, right? and not a millionaire. And if you're not able to generate 20% excess of returns or as much gross income and savings rate that we're talking about. In that case, how do you become a billionaire? Again, um, the other choice obviously has been if you start a business and if you're able to maintain and stick an equity position and you're able to sell out your business. And that might be a really good shot at getting you close to a billion. So I just did a case study of looking at how much you would want to sell your business for for an average american to be worth a billion when you die and assuming you still only are generating four percent returns on your net worth you're not generating 20 you're generating only four you tried hard you couldn't get more how can you still be worth a billion um starting a business and selling it of course but what would you have to cash out for to be able to be a billion nearby you die by the age you die so for that, I took like the average of the the average age of an entrepreneur, which in US is 42 years. And the average age where you start a company and the average age it's sold is five years, let's say. So, you, an average case would be a person starts a company at 42, sells it after five years. So, I took at age 47 as a row that I would take a case and keep uh, running iterations of how much the net worth would end up being. This study came out to be, the iterations, the results from the iterations came out to be $121.3 million, which means if you are still saving 25% of your normal um, gross income profile, in this case, and you're still generating just 4% returns on an average per year, and if you still want to be a by the by the time you die, you would have to sell out of your company for at least $121 million. Again, that's also a pretty high task and not everyone does it. And, but again, not everybody is a billionaire either. So, uh, just thought it would be an interesting exercise to find this out. And I think the first four observations are much more widely applicable than this one, but just a fun side note. And with that, I hope everyone, um, is also thinking about where they want to be and in this model you can have in different ages you can come up with different amounts and try wherever your iterations would take you and different scenarios in which you can reach a billion depending on the rate of return mix and your liquidation of your business mix So thank you for listening. I hope this episode has been really helpful. Um, It was helpful to me. And I think once you live through and enter your projections and assumptions about your life, if you look at how the model takes you, it would give you some more insights about what is really important to you in your life and where would you go. And um, again, summarizing the basic informations I got, I think if you have to really improve your chances of being worth as much more as you want in your life, The five points would be that you make more, you save more, you start early, you invest uh, invest well, and you make sure you live a healthy lifestyle and live till a very long time. Really. And the importance of this is actually from one to five, it goes on increasing. As we said before, what you make doesn't really impact that much. And the more impact is how much you save. And how much you start and how much the returns they generate and then how much longer you live because the compound effect keeps kicking it the longer you live. So I hope this was very helpful and don't forget to um, ask me and reach out to me on any social media or comment on the podcast wherever you're listening about what your contact detail is and I can forward them all. and I'll be happy to see what results you generate looking back and what insights you get out of your own financial career and hopefully that lets you make more smarter decisions onto your own life and your savings profile let me know how it has helped but summing it up again please remember to be having as many best shots at becoming a billionaire or a millionaire Whatever your goal is, is to make more, save more, start early, invest well, and live longer. Thank you for listening, and I hope I gave you something to think about. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave a really good review. And share it with your friends, of course. Thank you.